getting in a groove here in Inside LAFC, the Maxim Vince podcast. And if you're listening on audio, first of all, welcome. If you're watching us, which you should be because you see this beautiful studio, you'll also notice that Vince uh, was in Texas and he brought back something from his, his visit. What do you got there? This is me now. You're I'm, like, a, what are you like? A, I went to Houston. And you're I'm a highway, what's an, an outlaw? Yeah, I'm an outlaw, a highwayman. I'm a full-blown. I got my Willie Nelson shirt. Who? It was his birthday not too long ago. 88 years old. Looks great. Still going strong. I saw him perform. Looks great. In 2019. This, okay, this is in fact my hat. Um, oh, I thought you bought that. You've yeah, I got confused. Got that. I, I've I've had this has this hat for a while, but I, I just felt like I, I had to commit to the bit. Uh, yes, I have returned from Houston. I'm um. This is me now. See, it looks really cool on you. If I wore that, I would be ridiculed to no end. Oh, I get ridiculed to no end. But no, you don't. I throw it, it back. No, no, you wear it. It's very comfortable on you. Like if I did it, if you put it on me, you would start laughing. Maybe because I don't wear a lot of hats. Maybe I should wear a lot of hats. Are you, As you can see, it's getting <laughs> maybe hat weather around here, if you know what I mean. You're a good uh, baseball cap guy, though. Got a lot, got I never quite, used to. Quite a few LAFC baseball caps. But I liked it, the LAFC caps changed my story. The one time I went to a hotel and this guy kept staring at it. Like, he wouldn't look at my eyes. He kept looking at the hat. And I was like, wow, it's powerful. The <laughs> LAFC cap carries a lot of weight. And then I'd say to him, hey, is it possible to get a late checkout? He goes, yes, absolutely. When? One o'clock? Two o'clock? I'm like, two's great. Um, is it possible to get some uh, uh, free breakfast? Yes, without question. <laughs> the first thing roll that, on in there and get whatever you want. The first thing that comes to mind when you say that is the uh, Seinfeld episode where Kramer finds the, the hat and it changes <laughs> his whole persona and lifestyle. It just rolls down the street, picks it up, and he's like, ooh. Yeah, I, I would like to carry some LAC hats and hand them out to people because I know everyone would wear them. They're very cool. Well, and like you said, they're powerful. So if you need a statement piece or you have a big speech, on that LAFC cap. Yeah. Looks good in a suit. And we'll talk about the, the game in Houston. And I know people are, uh, are like, oh boy, there's, a, there's some issues. And we'll, we'll, we'll break it down. My, I, I will give people reason for optimism okay. why you shouldn't get look too much into that and see why LAFC is kind of I was going to say there. my outfit for today was the best thing to come out of LAFC wow. in Houston. Listen, it wasn't nice to watch. Oh no, I just look good. Hey, did you, see, did you see Blake? And I was looking for a follow-up. Blake, LAFC Central. He said that on the Twitter feed that the LFC game got up to 1.6 million. That can't be right. It could be. I mean, it's Twitter. That's a lot of people. That's a lot of people. I, I, look, I hope it's right. I hope it's right, too. Because <laughs> we, all, we all think that this league needs a lot more eyes. I, I mean, 1.6 million is, is very different than this number, but that, that game against Seattle got a good 500,000 rating. And I know that's still peanuts compared to on the, the NFL. Over the air. Over the air. Yeah. Five, over 500,000 viewers. Uh, that's great for MLS. And that's a, a non- I mean, what time was our kickoff? That's 5 p.m. It was 2, 2.30, 3-ish. So what is that? 6 p.m. Eastern time? That's not a primetime window. Come on, Max, you, you're the I, I, I'm just you're looking a TV at, guy. I'm just imagining Bob's face when he looks at the schedule and he sees yep. 2 o'clock kickoff. Houston. Shadows. He's like... Heat. It wasn't that hot, but it's just... It's, yeah, it's not the best. It's not. It's tough. It's a tough place to play. I mean, you're, you're, there's a humidity. There's a... Um, a below sea level feel to it in many ways, so it's you can feel swampy. Yeah, I don't know if that's the right word, but it's it's tough. I've well, done swampy, a lot of games down in Houston. Swampy, yes, it was swampy. It, we got off the plane and it was like just a wall, <laughs> like it just it hits you and you're like, oh, it's so everything just feels heavier. Yes. You just feel a little bit heavier everywhere you go. Another good thing to come out of that was the traveling supporters. We saw that and our, our guest from a couple of weeks. Uh, Julio was there with Jaime Camille. They were watching yep. the game. I thought it was fantastic. All together, having lunch. And I, that's what it's all about. They were loud, as they n normally are. There was uh, 
a good five minutes where they were chanting, we can't hear you to the Houston fans because the, the Houston fans seemed to take a break like midway through the game. Like they, I mean, there were still rumblings, but they went from playing their drums and doing their songs. And they were like, ah. they just stopped. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I'm saying. And I don't, I, I don't fault them for that. I say that it's hard work. What yeah. the 3252, you don't understand how taxing that is on a body and a mind to be in that section with the drums, with the songs, with the smoke, with all of it. Yep. And it's, you know, you almost need a, you know, a 10 hour sleep after that. I would. Yeah. You've been to that studio, or studio stadium much? I, I've I not been to that it. new one. It's a great stadium. That's why they have to work on their fan culture. And I hope yeah. they do. And they have some new. They have some new ideas. You know, we have the ownership. James Harden is there mm-hmm. and the rebranding with things. But I, they need to make a connection because there are fans there. And that's a cool stadium to go. And, yeah, it's and right location. downtown. Yeah. I mean, the, you can get, there's all kinds of access points from public transportation and everything. So back in those, my day, back yeah. in my day when they were at Robertson Stadium. I don't know why oh. they were in Texas. And I, that place was packed when yeah. they had the, the Dynamo of Dero and Brad Davis. Pat Onstad and Brad Davis and Stu Holden. They were packed. Bobby Boswell. I would go. And the stadium was a dilapidated old University of Houston Cougar football stadium. So it's weird that they get the new stadium and everything. And then all of a sudden they don't, the fans. So the fans are there. They just got to make a reconnect. Speaking of Bobby Boswell, I was paying attention to a little bit of the score, uh, the Jumbotron uh, at halftime. And they were doing uh, Dynamo Trivia. What Dynamo player has the most red cards? Always a fun trivia for your own team. Yes. <laughs> uh, but it was uh, Ricardo Clark, Bobby Boswell, or uh, Robinson. And I was like, it's... Co- it, be, it has to be I, Eddie. Was, is, it was. It but was. I was like, I think it's Bobby. No. It and was. it was Eddie. I it knew was. it wasn't Ricardo Clark, but... Ricardo Clark, really great MLS player yeah. that doesn't probably get enough People red. come to us for Houston Dynamo trivia. I jumped in here because of how, how you're dressed and... Again, this is me now, so just get used to it. <laughs> and I wanted to talk, you know, I'm a big Willie Whalen. Chris Christopherson, Johnny Cash. I like the country. Tommy Duncan. You know Texas what I love, Playboys. though? I, I'm a big, uh, more of the, the uh, Bakersfield sound, so I'm a big Graham yes. Parsons. Uh, Merle Haggard. Merle Haggard. Well, Merle Haggard, uh, we're getting way off. You basically. know, the slide guitar. Merle this Haggard had do. this. I was watching on YouTube this weekend because you guys were in Texas, and he played with the Texas Playboys, who were like the origin of all that swing music, and he was playing with it, and I was just mesmerized. It was, check it out on YouTube, Merle Haggard and the Texas Playboys. I will. The younger audience is like, nah. I will. Now we have I'm, a younger audience. Now that I've fully embraced the country lifestyle. <laughs> so we'll get back to that, right? We should circle back. We want to yeah, talk. We'll, it was we'll, a big week again. We'll get we back like to, to my talk. country lifestyle and all that, but maybe let's take a broader picture at the world football because uh, there's a lot going on. Sunday, woke up to see Manchester United, Liverpool, the biggest fixture in England, and then all it was was uh, different programming. Yeah. I slept in a little bit. I get up pretty... I I get up early. Sunday, I sleep in. I'll Mm -hmm. get up around 8.30, 9. Well, I did as well because we had just got back from Houston. Of course. And I'll I'll wake up Sundays and I'll I'll check my phone, check the score app. Oh, what time is the game going on? It said... United Liverpool. And I was like, oh, that's, I, I want to watch that. It's an interesting game. There's always some, some <laughs> uh, fireworks it. in it. Yeah, there and were. I go, it's nine o'clock. It says kickoffs 830. There's no score. There's no, uh, yeah. there's no, there's no bug with the time, how far along in the game there. I'm like, wonder what's going on. Turn it on and see uh, all the crowds on the field and, and go, oh, big, uh, big mistake by the, the authorities there because they knew this was going to happen. They were alerted and then they didn't have enough security. So, you know, that falls on their shoulder. And it's, look, you, we're in a, an era for, for a, diff- a lot of different reasons. Fixtures get postponed. 
Uh, and but you can't do it all the time. And when you put this, it's, I, I I would like to think anything possible to avoid it. Obviously, once they're invading, there's your safety is first. But mm-hmm. obviously, the security wasn't there. So before you even get into the the reason for the protest, what they want, which is still not a hundred percent clear, they're angry at the ownership because of the debt that they've had from day one. Yeah, let's be clear. This is a long standing issue. Which is kind of the right. way we do business in the United States. Mm-hmm. You buy something, you get a loan. You don't have this money and you put... Hey, Brian, yes. No, that, that part is correct. Uh, but, you shook your head at me. But well, I'm just trying to, I'm trying to see because the, the, the American audience is going, what's going on? So we were told that they were doing this. This is the way that they do it. And they didn't love it. But to your point, yes. You leverage yourself with a little bit of loans. You're like, we're going to pay it back. It's Manchester United, of course. We're going to grow bigger things to pay it back. And we've been told that they have... And we're the, starting to find out they haven't really paid that debt off. And then when you think about how the team's not playing as well, you've had Ed Woodward. That's, that's not accurate. They are playing well. They're playing well-ish. No, uh, they're playing well. They, the, the future for Manchester on the playing field looks very bright. They're, they, they, they're winning their games. There's a solid second. And they might be winning the Europa League. I would imagine they would. They just, I mean, that Roma game. Yeah. And that was bad. This is off of only success. Thing, after only thing s- missing in that Roma game was a Vespa on fire. <laughs> <laughs> we are protesting. Throw the Vespa. True yeah. story. The, the a- Italians know how to protest. Yes. I didn't see any Vespas on fire at, at Old Trafford. Come on, no, man. No, <laughs> but uh, it, so I, it, I think they're going to make a huge splash. I bet you they get. They're going to go after Erling Holland, but everyone's going to go after. It, but they're going to offer. They're going to have to. The money's going to have to be right. Yeah. They're going to get a big target. To go with the squad they've built that could potentially put them over the top. And by the way, this is all happening. The protests in England went to me. This league is on the cusp of being having its biggest year ever next year because Chelsea's going to get better. They're going to get a striker. Manchester United, Man City's going to be Liverpool's going to get better. Chelsea's not going to get a striker. Their Timo Werner's just going to get better. No, no. I heard Romelu Lukaku. No, it's not going to happen. I mean, well, okay, well, we'll just go into it. No, okay. Inter won the title. Romelu Lukaku is obviously their, their number one guy, but at what cost? Like Inter literally has spent, they're going to almost implode and have to sell. They're, they're like, we want it. Now, it, you know what? I don't, I, don't know okay, if we can, I, don't, wait, I don't know if we can say this for copyright reasons because they are in a battle. Inter reminds me of Miami, not Inter-Miami, uh, but Miami Marlins. They're like, hey, Whoa. we won the World Series. Sell everyone. No, so they, people they, still come around. I want to celebrate champions. Right, like, not if right. you get rid of all the players. So maybe, but maybe Mike Chelsea talks. gets Lukaku. But come on. No, but if not Lukaku, they're they're gonna they're gonna target some Daryl DK. Oh, to go with Christian, a savvy. I mean, that would actually be smarter transfer policy eh? than just buying the guy just for a hundred million just to do it. Right. T- I think Timo Werner has it what it takes. It's just it takes some time to settle in. He's got a coach now that believes in him. I don't think he's as. Uh, He's a little bit unlucky, and I don't think he's as gun shy as everyone's making him seem. Like all of a sudden, he's this bad player. It's just yeah. it's taking some time. Uh, I will talk to you about the the protest a little bit longer. And I thought I I thought it was a really bad. Okay, day. good because I don't want to talk about Inter anymore. Okay, I want to talk about Inter because I no. think it's, I think it's a big win for them because it could it could alter what Juventus does mm-hmm. and change how the city has won. And it's a big win for those uh. Those people that are anti-Super League because Juventus not winning and say Barcelona, Real Madrid don't win. Then all of a sudden that big three that are still in the Super League not winning their league. like, oh, what's so super about you guys? Yeah. And these teams, Bayern obviously, is gonna, PSG may not win their league. Yeah, Juventus is now in a fight to make sure that they get just in the Champions League. Correct. If they don't, Cristiano Ronaldo's got one year 
And if he leaves, then they they are forced to kind of build with young players a different yeah. a, a different approach, and they have a new coach. It could be some lean years for them. Yeah. By, I mean, their, by their high standards. We've already seen it happen to Milan, but they've kind of now rejuvenated themselves with some young players. But yeah, to your point, this is the, maybe the best thing that could happen because Inter wins a title after Juventus had won nine years in a row. Nine, nine years in a row. I mean, it just doesn't seem fathomable that it could happen. But the biggest winners in this are the, the Milans, the Napolis, the Atlant- Atalantas, the, the Lazios. They're now like, hey man, maybe we could claw, at the very least, get into those top four spots every year, knock Juventus down a peg. It's Atalanta possible. have been hovering around the, the front enough times now that I wouldn't be surprised. Actually, I would almost pick them at this point to win the league next year. If They, they I, are due because they're second, yeah. third, fourth, second. They're second now. They just like a little depth. If they, if they get a really good run. Uh, and they're selling their players. Yeah. Well, because they got guys that are next up. They, they, you know, they use Don't that money. Don't be surprised. Atalanta is the next. Don't be surprised. I Look, it's, if they get in good form and uh, avoid some injuries, which sometimes it happens. You magically are just like, everyone was healthy all the time. They were always available. I very well could see them win the league because they have the, the talent uh, and the ability and they clearly have the uh, potential. So, why not? I was very happy. I lived in Milan a couple months back in my modeling days. You know, I had to live there, breathe. So I have an affinity, and I was an Inter fan, and I was there for the Vespa incident, and it was, it's a great football city, and people, I mention this to everyone, the Milan Derby is the biggest rivalry in the world, and I go, oh, if you look at the history and the fact they share a stadium and what it means to that city and how lines are drawn, and it's, you know, you can't really compare it, but I've just always felt comfortable, and I've had enough conversations with people to reinforce that the Milan Derby is number one for all of that. Mm-hmm. Celtic Rangers, Boca River, Barcelona, Real Madrid, which I would argue you knock down the pegs because they don't share a city. Uh, it's, to me, it's good. So it's great for the city, that beautiful cathedral, uh, all the history, and I'm sure Milan folks aren't thrilled about it, but it's good for them too. Well, speaking of protests, and we know we don't condone one in GameStop, but the greatest uh, photograph of all time is that Milan Derby being stopped because of the flares, amount of flares being thrown on the field, and Marco Materazzi just with his elbow on Rui Costa, and they're just watching it, and it's shot from behind. It's the one. Just look it up, Materazzi Rui Costa. Uh, Milan Derby, and you'll, it's the iconic image of derbies. Warm, cuddly Materazzi. Yes. Not, uh, infuriating. The Matrix. So uh, the, with the protests in Manchester United, the Sky Sports has their, their, their crew, and they react. It's Gary Neville. Yes. Roy Keane. <laughs> Graham Sunas. So you have a lot of Manchester United. Yeah, it's really tilted toward the north, uh, north of the country. Well, this is my issue. And look, they're, they're amazing, and it's, mu- it's better than the games a lot of the times to hear what they, Micah Richards is there as well. Uh, Jamie Carragher, they, they, uh, it's like all Manchester and Liverpool based. So the Manchester United guys were going, this has had to happen. Peaceful protests. And I'm like, okay. And great win for the fans. And I'm like, okay, yeah, they should protest. And I'm looking at the videos. Go, that's not peaceful. (laughs) That is not even close to peaceful. There is stuff going to knock down and one bad step. And that gets really bad. Because uh, they didn't have enough people to defend it. So I'm like, look, I'm, I'm all for it. The Manchester United fans have every reason to be upset, but I'm being told it's peaceful, but the, my eyes are telling me something else. And that's a bad, that's a bad situation. And I, I was, you get on Twitter and you talk to people and they're, how else do you think they can get their attention? I go, you can't do it that way. It's going to end bad for whomever's there. There's going to be now uh, 
criminal charges to those people. It's going to end badly for them. They're not going to get through. I get it. Uh, I'll say this. I don't... Uh, destruction or damage of property is not great, but also Manchester United has all the money in the world. They'll fix Old Trafford. It'll be fine. The part where I draw the line is there was reports that they were trying to get into the players' hotel. One... The players have nothing to do with this. You're not protesting the players. Two, we know how dangerous that is. So that's where I draw the line. That's where like the peaceful part becomes not so much because we're now we're talking about other human beings, which again, they don't own the team. They just play on it. Yeah. And, and of course, they have a finite period of when they can make money. Manchester United yes. wants to pay you a ton of money. You take it. I would take it. Um, so that's the part where I, I, I draw the line a little bit. But you got to do... So, look, if they this is a long-standing issue. The only way to get some attention is to maybe push the boundaries a little bit, but I agree with you. There's going there's to be serious consequences for those people that if you're a lifelong Manchester United fan and now you're banned from the ground, that sucks. That's not, it's not worth it. Uh, the Glazer fan, I mean, it would be good to see. They go, look, we hear you, have a, a real response, and say, we are going to do these things. And I know they want the repairs to Old Trafford. It sounds awful. I, didn't, I had no idea. Because mm-hmm. you always think the theater of dreams. Uh, yeah, it looks, I mean, on TV, it looks it great. Looks it great. does, but I can imagine. It's not, it's not it has a been brand a new time. stadium by nope. any time. So you have that. Uh, obviously, an effort to, to clear the debt. But then a lot of these fans are going, wait, wait, we have to go spend $150 million to get Erling Holland. Yeah. <laughs> That's not going to help the debt. Wow. This has become Manchester United hour. Okay, so we'll should just we, move on. Should we transition? If everyone's heard enough about it. Yeah. You want Jesse Marsh. Yeah, that's a good transition because we'll get to LAFC stuff. I guess you guys want us to do, talk about LAFC. This is an LAFC story. This is an Jesse LAFC Marsh. story. Well, I am I'm very much team Jesse Marsh, and I'll tell you why. I got to work on that little thing we did during COVID where Bob had time, and we were, we're we, an ode to Zach Galifianakis between two ferns, which Bob never uh, probably watched. So he was probably like, between two coaches, why are we calling it that? I'm like, it's a, it's a joke. He didn't care. Uh, but we did, so we did them with, uh, Bob and Risto Switchkoff, which you were on that one, which was amazing. It was so much fun to hear those stories. And Nico Cantor, we got to give and him Nico props. Cantor, he did, uh, oh yeah. Who, great job translating. Translating back and forth and, and help facilitate that with Ante, with Sorber. So the stories we got to hear, the stories we got to hear off camera, so much better than the ones that were on it, but that's the way it goes. But so Jesse Marsh, so we get Jesse Marsh, Marsh, and I, we reach out, uh, through the New York Red Bulls and they go, yeah, we'll, we'll reach out to him with Less than a day. He's like, sure, I'll do it. Love to do it. I'm like, wow. This he's is- a good dude. Well, yeah. Jesse's a, and, uh, he so that, rolled out the red carpet and I went to a, a, the Red Bull Arena game. Uh-huh. Hey, I come sit here. I was like, it was really. Well, that put him up a level. And so then I'm the one putting the Zoom together. So that means that I have to start the meeting for people that have done these things. So I'm thinking, okay, I'm going to have Bob come on. I'm like, Bob is always on time. I'm like, so Jesse's probably the same way. So I'm like, you know what? I will start the meeting 10 minutes early. Guess who's sitting there? Jesse? Jesse Marsh is ready and it's just me and him and because no one else is in there <laughs> and he talked to me like it was just a, a normal dude I, I told him I was like you know we we had Christo on and he goes I know I watched it loved it and so we talked about the fire team he chatted with me a little bit about tactics about the LAFC team and then Bob came in actually right on time right at right at the moment so but I had good solid 10 minutes with Jesse Marsh and I was like oh I, we did I'm, the interview already I Bob the, thanks yeah I drank the Kool-Aid I'm all in like I totally I'm that this guy gets it. He's a he's a special uh, type of manager in person because he's just he's a he knows his stuff, but he's also like he's a dude. He's a guy. Yeah, and he's he put in the work. Fourteen years MLS career, coached uh, under Bob. Mm-hmm. Uh, the uh, the list of coaches that have had big European gigs is very short. Bob was, I think, it was eleven games. Yes, at Swansea. Mm-hmm. 
and was not put in a situation to succeed. In my estimation, I don't know what's going on, but when I saw it from our, it was, it wasn't. In hindsight. In it, hi- it was. It, but also in hindsight, you can't not take that gig. Of course. It, uh, Jesse looks like he's been put in a good situation to succeed. Yeah. Uh, he's been vetted. He's been mentored by, it's not going to be a shock. He's part of the, the Red Bull Leipzig system. But don't forget. Salzburg and the New York Red Bulls. But don't forget when he first showed up to Salzburg after being an assistant at Leipzig, they didn't want him. Remember, there was like the marsh out. Like, we don't want this guy. And he had to win over. What a shocker. Team. What a shocker. Yeah, well, because you show up as an American and they automatically want you out. But yes, he, he won it, them over and he showed, like, to your but point. But why do Americans always have to win people over? Everything. Owners. I'm not saying anything about the other. Coaches, players, broadcasters. Yeah. We always have to win you over. Broadcasters are that final hurdle, right? Uh, referees are the final hurdle. Yeah, no one cares about them. <laughs> Referees will be the last they one. They really are a, bad, though. They're not that. No, but they don't get a taste. But I mean, and I'm listening to, I was listening to Grumpy Pundits because it was early uh-huh. and we're coming on series. And they're going, and Rodney Marsh is going, there's not an American. I go, no, there is. There is. You don't think it is, but there is. It may be small. It may be bigger than small. But uh, yeah, Jesse, uh, Pellegrino Matarazzo, I, I, I'm just learning more about. Right. Uh, he's an American guy, but he went to Germany as a player and then he learned the systems where he's now the head coach of Stuttgart. Right. So you have these two Americans there. By the way, two Ivy Leaguers. Oh, God. That'll help you. If you're American and want a job, go to the Ivy League. I will tell you what, no, no pretense of I, Ivy League from Jesse Marsh. So that was, no. that was thankfully or, or good, or too. Or uh, uh, Pellegrino Matarazzo, I don't think. Yeah. I hear him in interviews. He's like, really? What, maybe we're wrong about the perception of the where, Ivy where League. Did, where did Matarazzo, where did he go? Columbia. Columbia, okay. And Jesse's obviously Princeton, Princeton Tiger. Yes, so... Uh, a lot of New Jersey ties to the guys. So maybe because he went to Princeton, which is uh, in New Jersey, and then Bob's from New Jersey. Greg Berhalter's from New Jersey. And Jersey's Pellegrino Matarazzo's from New Jersey. Jeez. I shouldn't have said that. Taken over. Yeah. Uh, so this is, this is great, but there's a lot of, I think the good, we got to give Red Bull some credit too, because Red Bull, we think it's the drink, but their football empire, for lack of a better word, is doing well. Leipzig's obviously the top of the, the chain. Salzburg, Erling Holland went through there, some yeah. good players. New York Red Bulls are in some bad times, but they're developing some young players. They got a great stadium. It's just, I think it needs to click. They're in a, they're in a transition. Red Bull Bragantino, mm-hmm. they're starting to make some international competitions in Brazil. So hats off to Red Bull. Yeah. A lot of people don't like Leipzig because it ruins the German model, the 50 plus one, but you do have to give them credit. The young players that they brought along in their, the, what they're doing is it's pretty cool. So, I think it'll. I think I'm it's excited gonna, for. I Jesse. think it's gonna go great. And if he does well, mm-hmm. it's it's better. Plus, he's got connections, and he's could probably bring in the next American. Yeah, and I'm wondering when he's gonna invite you and I to. He would. He would. We were in Germany. We get red carpet rolled out. For Let's us. do it. No, we'll email him. He will say, "Yeah, come on, yeah. I, I'll, I'll sort you out, and we'll go see. We want the Leipzig uh, Barcelona uh, Champions League quarter. Mark it down. See you there, Jesse. Another right. hard pivot here, because yeah. I know we, we're trying to get a lot of stuff in. Segway. We're just, we're just nerding out here. Yeah. LAFC, Houston Dynamo. I know people were frustrated, by the way. Look, there were a few things that it... Oh, you got the paper. You I have a... a, a, a How long is that list? Takeaways. Uh, no, I, 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 it's funny, because I wrote three takeaways, and now I have four things on here. Yes. Shows you where my mind's at. <laughs> so, the Dynamo... Tough place to play always in the afternoon. Yes. And I know people, maybe newer fans, you got to understand road trips are hard. It's hard to win on the road. It's hard to win in certain places. And Houston certainly is one of those. Diego Rossi's back. 
Uh, he had a bit of a little mullet going on. I liked it. Is he yeah. See that? He's got something. He's got going. I like it. Uh, obviously, he still needs to get some games under his belt. Yes. And but went 90. He went 90. I know the uh, the broadcasters uh, were like a little bit surprised. He got 90. And uh, Chris Whittingham would call. He actually called me to get some notes, which I appreciated. Um, and uh, that's going to get better. Uh, the, the disconnects in some of the passing in the final third remains frustrating. Yeah. Well, that's that's my uh, take. Bob aired it as much. Yeah, that's my takeaway one. But I mean, Bob said he's like our football just wasn't good today, and, and in a lot of regards, that means the passing was bad. Turning the, the no, ball over a lot. Yeah, the number one takeaway was just the passing was it was they couldn't at certain moments couldn't make a five yard pass. Uh, or I know we play in a, a positional way where you kind of know where guys are going to be, and that's helpful at times. But maybe just maybe just look up and and take a make make sure you you know that the guy's there before trying to make a blind pass. Um, it's all at a very fast pace. Well, what was weird was the, and this is my second takeaway, is actually the counter press was pretty good. Um, but Houston was so organized that the only way you were going to, if you're passing bad, the only way you were going to beat them was to have some good counterattacking moments. And they just, they couldn't put those together because the passing was just a little bit off where it was like to the back foot or behind a guy and the speed of play. It slowed everything down. It made it look like... The weather was an issue. It was a little muggy, but it really wasn't an issue per se. I think it was just the fact that they weren't sharp at times. You figure that's going to click in at some point, and I think let's you know we hope Carlos. We'll get more news about Carlos Mm -hmm. about his situation. We obviously want to see him for the Galaxy game and coming up a little bit later. Full preview of that game coming up on Saturday. No guests this week. Just full supersized Galaxy preview. Yeah. 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 It's more work for Are me. Are you excited? Yeah, it's more work for me. Okay. But uh, <laughs> so that's something I think will come around. I, one thing I've, as frust- frustrating as, as maybe the, the final third, defensively, they do let this goal in. I'm sure that's one of your takeaways is giving up a goal right after you score. Because they've done that a couple times it's last It's a thing. Tuesday. It is a thing. And you imagine another thing that could be avoided just with an attention to detail. But one thing I've noticed about these three games, five points out of three, unbeaten, defensively, a couple letdowns, but much more secure than we saw yes. at stretches last season, which is going to be a strength. That's going to get better. Uh, Murillo's a greater, has, has been a great presence. We've talked about it. There's other parts of his game that I think we saw that were lacking a bit. His it, passing wasn't great. His passing wasn't great. I would say just pass it to Eddie, let him Yeah, let, let him Eddie pass figure it. it out. So uh, defensively, you feel secure in a lot of places, but LAFC has not trailed they have uh this is true this is they haven't been in like so many times last season we'd say oh we're down a goal Mm -hmm. chase chase i'm not saying they've never been a situation to lose a game but it doesn't feel like they were on a cusp i know they had probably had to make the big save late Mm -hmm. uh, but it it, it always feels like at very at worst case scenario they still have some control over the result well that's my floating like fourth takeaway that i again i said i was going to do three takeaways but i have a floating fourth one is that there's this weird feeling that they're in third gear. Like, we have not seen, not just personnel-wise, but we haven't seen LFC be sharp from minute one to minute 90 through a game. And you and I, one, because we're homers, and two, because we've watched this team enough, we have confidence that they're going to figure it out. I mean, we've seen players do things that they just don't do. These, these slack passes, these kind of brain-dead moments where they give up a goal, they don't always do that. So we have confidence that they're going to pull out it, but... You bring up a good point. If Carlos isn't around, you know, it, it, is it going to start to stack up? Like, at what point do we stop and say, uh, no, it's not that this team seems like they're a third gear. Something's wrong. 
Um, and I'm not saying that, that we're anywhere close to that point because, again, I, I know that there's enough talented players. I know that better personnel is going to come in. They're going to get in better shape. Um, so I don't know. I'm just putting it out there. It feels like either this is a, a moment where teams should look at LAFC and go, man, we need to get our points now because we're not going to because they're going to be flying in a couple weeks. Or, you know, a season can come unraveled quickly. Uh, especially if injuries pile up and no one gets kind of familiarity and there's no sharpness. That was kind of last season. That's what last season was, yeah. right? And it was always like, oh, boy. But in three games, even the Dynamo game, it felt like they had control of it. I mean, they had a lot of possession, which when Houston, when they and play at home, lot. generally will be able they did, they did in their first game against yeah. San Jose, who's turned out to be a really good team. Houston's moments of dominance were only out of LAFC slackly giving the ball away. Like, there were just moments where, like, LAFC would weather a little bit get the ball back, good, good way to win the ball back, and then just roll it back out to Houston. And so it was like, you're on the back foot, on the back foot, on the back foot. But the flip side was, there were some really pretty moments. There was that moment in the first half, which everyone's loving. I at twist Westa, ball. Yeah, spinning and uh, going from being like under extreme pressure to just the most like perfectly weighted ball to Diego, which I think if he's in form, he, he makes that, right? I was really... Uh, I was really uh taken by how that picked up steam and people were reposting it because it wasn't a goal. It was just, it was a through ball. And he goes, is it sexy enough? And it was. Oh, it was. People liked it. When you see that left back committed, thinking he's passing, because his hips are open a different way. And he just cuts it back across the grain into that window. Put it on the YouTube reel. Yeah, that's a good one. But there was, yeah, there, uh, that's what I'm saying. There was some pretty moments which made the, maybe the, the mistakes and the chances when they could have got out and run and really put the Dynamo under pressure and, and really taken the game to them. It, it made them stand out that much more because it was like, I know what you guys are capable of, but man, this is not, uh, it is not pretty by any, for long full, stretches. Fullback pressure, we still, it's a work in progress. We want to, and look, we, this was, was going to be a strength here, but Cheeky getting up there and, and making that impression, getting in behind the defense or whatever wing back, depending on the teams they're playing. Uh, Marco Farfan on the right. Uh, a young player still finding himself and thrust into the situation by necessity. Tristan yep. Black, and we saw come back. Yep. Uh, he might get back in there pretty soon. He looked great. Is that right back in the opening game? And uh, Kim Moon Hwan, we await, but we, we heard from Bob last week that he's, he's getting training. I would, I, I would imagine see some minutes for him, maybe not this weekend, but pretty soon. Yeah. I mean, he's got to get some, some just fitness, right? Get a, maybe a 30 minute spurt. But to Bob's point, was he, he's, he's learning too. So he came from a, uh, a slight knock early, and now he he's learning. So he's kind of behind the curve in two aspects. But I think they'll get him they'll get him up to uh, snuff, and they're not afraid to kind of throw guys out there and let them kind of sink or swim. So Marco, we we've, we've been pleasantly surprised with how Marco's doing, and he's still there's still moments where he's learning. Um, yeah, so I think he got the ball knocked away, but it's like he he was he was getting up. He was he was going yeah. for it. Oh, by the way, that when when he collided and it ended up resulting in in the goal, um, he had to kind of go for it. But it was a moment where you have to win that ball and you have to get it out, but it didn't happen that way. And then they had the kind of that full run of his flank. I heard it sounded like a shin guard broke. It was loud. And it was one of those ones where I was like, second week, something like didn't sound. Feel, yeah. I just did. It made me feel a little sick to my stomach. And then, and then on top of it, then a goal comes in and you're just like, Oh, you just have this really sour taste in your mouth after that, that challenge. But luckily he was okay. Um, and to your point, I think cheeky had one of his better games. So yeah, it's, it's a weird, it's, it's hard to figure out this team right now. Cause they're not bad, um, but they're definitely not playing up to their potential. Yeah. Finding minutes for Sifu, it's uh, another because he comes off. He, that's going to be his role for the time being. I know people are asked Bob that because he sees him as a midfielder and he'll pop him in, and maybe he's in the starting midfield this week. Mm-hmm. So uh, 
he, you, we know that there's the talent there and the guy, and he has a goal from the opening week. We, we just want to see in those situations where he can succeed because I think he's like our, as it is, the, 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 the biggest pop we can get off the bench if it's the same starting 11. Well, when he did come in, because Houston was so organized, I mean, they were really dropping like a 4-5-1 and they were staying tight between the lines. He kind of opened them up a little bit because he was able to, as to Bob's point, when he kind of goes up front a little bit, he's, more, he's much more false nine-ish, almost to the point where we can't even call him a false nine. He's just another midfielder in there. Um, and that gave them a few more angles for passing to, to find some ways between the lines. And that's where it got somewhat pretty again, but then there was just a little, it was a disconnect at the final moment. So I'll, I'll, look, I, I understand people were, and I was kind of like, eh, it wasn't the best game. I, yeah, I wouldn't say it was boring, but it wasn't the worst social game. Media we were, yeah, see. the hyperbole is a little too much for me. But there's a, a, there's a high, there's a high bar set for this club and everyone knows that. Uh, and if it's, Look, if you can, they obviously drop points against Seattle at home, uh, very shorthanded. But I, I, I don't have any issues with any of the results at this point. You get points on trips to Houston yep. or Dallas or Minnesota. That's good. Yeah, so, you're, you're that's, undefeated. You've had a clean sheet. You haven't let in more than one goal in any match, and you haven't trailed. All things to build off of. And right. you're still waiting on Carlos. And we got through all your takeaways? We got through all my takeaways. So we'll preview the LA Galaxy game, which we know it's going to be a grind. Regardless of how these teams are playing, it's going to be heavy sledding. Yep. Right? I expect it to be that. It's going to be a tough. We're going to be sitting there going, because the way it is, because these games are. At last year, when they played, you were like, oh, certainly prior to that, where it, they just couldn't get over the hump, and then they finally did in the playoffs. It's, it's, a, it's a true rivalry game. Well, that's why we are foregoing a guest, and we're going to do a full breakdown. Oh, that's why. <laughs> full breakdown. Full breakdown on Inside LAFC, the Max and Vince podcast coming up. The big game, the first big game of the 2021 MLS season, Galaxy hosting LAFC next Saturday. We have you covered. We're going to get you ready for it. But you're going to do that yourself, too, because it's... It's Galaxy Week. We were barely gone. You couldn't even miss us. That's how quickly we were, we were so away. Quick. And now we get ready. We're going to have a lot of games, more than the regular run-of-the-mill two games with the LA Galaxy. The first one is this weekend. It is going to be at 5 o'clock local time, Dignity Health Sports Park. It is going to be broadcast on Big Fox. I love Big Ooh, Fox. Big Fox. Not, it's not technically. Capitalized F-O-X. F-O-X. Fox Deportes. It's going to be 8 o'clock Eastern time. So this is a big window for the league. So this is obviously coming from a non-LAC perspective. You're looking at it from the league perspective. They're expecting a big number. They're going to get uh, a big number. Hopefully we have Carlitos and Chicharito. That's the big if, right? makes it an international event. It mm-hmm. still will be regardless. But uh, this gonna, there's, there's a lot at play here where this could be one of those tentpole moments for the league. Because we saw the TV numbers... The last time they're on the networks on both ABC and Fox in the opening weekend and very promising. Mm-hmm. This has all the potential to supersede all of that, just from a, a, a neutral's perspective. Well, I want to ask your take on this. So going into this, I've been saying this is an inflection point because it's going to be the first time, I think, in the entire kind of whole back and forth in this that the Galaxy is coming into this game with a lot of the hype. But is it dampered at all by the result in Seattle, you think? Yes. A lot, right? And I think when you take a closer look, and the Galaxy should be really happy about the way they started the season. They should be thrilled about Chicharito scoring five goals. By the way, I thought he had a pretty decent game against Seattle. If, if, a lot of times with Chicharito, when you watch him, you see that movement that 
has made him so dangerous. It's there. Between the defenders, mm-hmm. post to post, close range, there was like just a mishit on some of those balls, or he could have had a, a prime position. That one ball that came in, kind of the, skidded, knew who kind of, yeah, that sh- could have been a. Put him off. I think, was it, it probably should have been a corner. It looked like knew who yes. actually got a touch on it. Um, because I would think in the form that he's in, that's a, if he doesn't get a touch on it, that's a goal. He's still in good form. So that's a, something that LAFC has to be very. Yeah. You know, he's still in, he's back in good form with the gesticulations. <laughs> Jeez, guy. Like, here's the one thing I got to say. Yeah, strikers, they're not happy people when they don't score. Um, the biggest reflection of Chicharito back is going to be his vibe when he doesn't score um, and the things don't go well because everyone wants to say that, oh, the Galaxy are back. Oh, Chicharito's back. Um, but I've been watching that game, and a few times it didn't go his way. Look, and he's not alone in this. Gonzalo Higuain is probably one of the worst at this for Inter-Miami, but... Just the it's a it's a weird vibe. Like I, I still don't think everything is a one hundred percent smoothed out in that just because they went two games and he scored five goals. The team New York Red Bulls and Inter Miami are their victories. They're good. It's a good it's a good start. Uh nice that they got this East Coast swing to start it off. So they get into the Western Conference here and yep. we'll learn a lot about there's very few games in between the conferences here. But uh it's a, a promising start. I also thought Chicharito I had injured his foot at one point. Remember, yep. he went down and like, and he got back up. That would have been a real bummer ahead of this game. Well, and Victor Vasquez looks like he might have picked up a little something. Hopefully, it's not. And is he because he serves his service he's is so the best important. to Chicharito. Yes, he's he's so important. I mean, I'm I'm watching that game. That was a good get by Vanny of his former player and said, "Okay, these guys are going to work." And him and there are him and uh, Chicharito are on a wavelength. He's so important. But what you're starting to see already is, and not just injury withstanding. I mean, hopefully he's he's not injured. Injured. Uh, he can't go 90 minutes. Uh, that midfield is interesting. So he's still trying to figure that midfield out. And they, they did some things. They tweaked some things. They had Efron get the start, yanked at 45 minutes, and he went back to kind of more of the midfield he had uh, before. I would think, so Sebastian Legette will be back from his suspension. I would think he's going to insert right into that midfield. So you're going to probably have Dos Santos, Legette, and uh, Vasquez in there, assuming he's okay. That, that's uh, it's a decent midfield, but I, a, I'm noticing in that Seattle game, if you can get after their midfield and get in between the lines and attack their back four, ooh, they're in trouble. Like they, they give up goals, they give up chances, they're a little scattered. Um, and Victor Vasquez doesn't exactly want to track. Uh, Jonah can only do so much, but he's less mobile, it looks like, than he used to be. Obviously, when Efren was in there, that's not his uh, bread and butter, his tracking guys. So um, I know they had a Rajo. Kind of helping move up there as a wing, yeah. Guy. Kind of helping out, maybe buoy that a little bit with some pressure from up front. But he hasn't had the best start to the season, so I, I, I'm going to be interested in what his configuration for that midfield is because one of the best things that they've done against LAFC is really get at LAFC in their wins against LAFC. They've mucked up the game. They made everything 50-50s. Um, they push push LAFC around a little bit physically, um, but I don't see that in this team at least. Uh, in the game so far, um, and to your point, they got good wins uh, against New York and against Inter. Uh, you take points wherever you can get them. Uh, but Seattle brought, brought them back down, brought them, brought them back down a notch, and so you start to see some of the things that aren't so good. That's a tough stretch for the Galaxy, too, to get a, a Seattle road trip before this. We know that, that it, maybe it's a cliche where you're, you're looking ahead to next week when you have the big game. I don't think there's too much into that, but there is some. That is something you're, you're going to people are being asked about the galaxy when you're LAFC or asked about LAFC if you're the galaxy. And that's going back to the Houston result that 
it's a good result for LAFC because there is something at play that they know the Galaxy's next and they want to be ready. And they still got a point there. Galaxy didn't. They got the doors blown off of them pretty quickly. And they, although they were competitive the early on of second half trying to get back into it, uh, they never did. And Rui Diaz gets a couple goals to sneak up onto the bumper of Chicharito for top scorer yeah. in Major League Soccer. So uh, it's. I know. I, he had plus five. And now it's back. I mean, he's got Rui Diaz has four, right? Four. LAC did a nice job with Rui Diaz. Other teams have not. So it's they're going to have to do a nice defensive effort on Chicharito as well. But as I think as Vasquez goes, everything says LAFC should have a good result. But we know this rivalry affords different. And, and the Galaxy historically have always gotten up for it. Mm-hmm. And I well, think there's something to that as well. And their fans. Yeah, I, I, we, we broke down. I broke down just a little bit of the weaknesses that I think the Galaxy have in the way LAFC can exploit them. I do think we have a midfield advantage. And if we can control the midfield... Uh, and get to the back four, I think that's really going to put the Galaxy in trouble. But the flip side of that is you look at LAFC and we talked about you know letting in a goal after you got a goal scored on you. That's a mental lapse. Um, so a weakness of LAFC so far is you know maybe coasting a little bit, maybe not quite at the pace for the entire match. And with a guy like Chicharito hovering around, you can't. You simply can't, right? Like he's going he's gonna to take those moments. And goals change games. So LAFC could go into this, and we've seen them go into these games and, and simply dominate, but not get a goal and just get sucker punched and then try to push that much harder and get sucker punched again. And that's exactly Chicharito's game, right? If they can find him in those, those moments where LAFC maybe is just a little unbalanced or their mind goes for that hot second, um, I think both these teams, uh, kind of what they've shown is their uh, inadequacies to start are going to be heavily under the microscope because it's both what the other team does better. It's also, we talked about the Dynamo game, how the LAFC has not fallen behind any game. And I would normally say, don't fall behind this game. Don't get into that habit. You so, yep. But they've also had home. issues against the Galaxy where they do get out in front and leads evaporate uh, famously in that, the first Laton game. So, but I, I, I would still think if LAFC had a good start here, it would bode very, very well for them. It would show that they, you know, they're made, they've made those adjustments post-Houston where they connect the dots in that final third, which is obviously, I think, at the top of my list, mm-hmm. maybe yours is too, of those things that you want LAFC to to really improve on. Probably Bob's list as well, based on what he said after that game. And uh, it, it's it's going to, it, I think, it's, we're going to know a lot more about it, these two teams after Saturday night than it is. But I'm looking forward to the celebration. I'm looking forward to this, this rivalry staking hold of uh, the national attention for a little bit. And again, just to, to put that, put that pole in there for MLS and use this till they meet again in the summer and again at the back end of the season. Does it feel a little different? Something feels a little bit different. Maybe it's because we had the, the year off where we couldn't attend those games and fans couldn't be there. Yeah. Like, I'm excited. I know some fans will be there. I know I'm sure some LAFC fans will manage to be in the building. I, I guarantee the, the Galaxy will sell out of whatever portion of tickets that they're allotting to um, open up the stadium. But I don't know. It's something just feels different maybe it's, is it because it's early in the season too it is but i think also maybe because last year we had so many matchups you know there was it was four yeah um i even got to broadcast one which i know that, yeah. that means there's That's a lot a first so i got to and uh there's because of that and look that was by design it made a lot of sense during the pandemic you play a team that you can do a bus ride you don't have to get on an airplane 
uh, play them as much as possible if you have a city rival like that. And, you know, we talked about it then. Did it take a little bit away? Yeah, it probably did. I mean, these games are supposed to be precious and you hang on to it. That said, I'm happy that we have three to look forward to. And... I think we'll, there is a little bit, there's a little something that I'm, it's not completely all in like we felt in 2019 where the place is buzzing. But I think this will also be the entry point to where it gets back to that again. Yeah. The place, the pieces are in place. And as I said, bad result for Galaxy, but if they're doing well, this rivalry does well, that's good for LAFC. Yeah. And to your point about knowing a lot more about these two teams, I mean, it's another inflection point. Like, the Galaxy need this because they need to prove, okay, those first two games weren't a fluke. Seattle is a very good team. We just didn't play well on the road. And LAFC need this to show, like, yeah, we've been coasting along a little bit, but when, it, when the pressure is on, when the lights are on, when, it, when our rival's in our face, we can turn it up. Because to that point that we said before this, we all kind of feel like it's going to be okay. Because I know these players, I know the talent that they have, I know they're not playing quite to that level. But it's one thing saying, I think they're going to be okay and actually seeing it. Because, again, that was last season. We kept saying, like, I think this team's going to be okay. And eventually, by December, they were okay. <laughs> we but that was, that was a little too late. I mean, obviously, great run in the Champions League, and we all loved it. Uh, it was incredible. But the waiting for them to finally be okay was just too long. And I, you cannot, you simply cannot do that this season. At the beginning of the season, while I think a lot of the fans aren't overwhelmed and saying, oh, it's night and day to how that season started where after MLS is back where they had the good result against the Sounders lost in penalties to Orlando that's okay uh, Orlando turned out to be a really competitive team mm-hmm. afterwards it just we we got that first Galaxy game Carlos gets injured which is obvious this is a big story now because we didn't have him much of last season and now the season starts where he's picked up an injury not the most serious variety but it's still an injury mm-hmm. and you know for the first time I'm I'm looking at it and going Okay, is this well, something that, we have to keep an eye on? To that point, was it, and I know I got clowned on by Bob for some of the stuff that I said, uh, but to that point, was it, do you, do you now look in hindsight and say, like, this was the best decision that they could have made? Regardless of the snafu about the substitution and everything, it's like, no, no, you, you need to come off because, like, to your point, last season happened. He missed a, a, quite a lot of last season. One, because of his, his a personal decision not to go to Orlando, which he... He stands by, and he, that's his right. Um, but then he, he has admitted, you know, I, I got injured. I didn't get to do the things I want to do, and I want to be that MVP caliber, caliber player. But you and I both know sometimes when it goes, it goes. So I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm asking you, like, in hindsight, do you now think that Absolutely. was probably the best decision that, that, that they made all season in terms of personnel. Absolutely. And look, he was so durable in 2019. He played, I mean, he took a beating. Remember yeah, these fouls? He does take a beating. He still does. I mean, the injury there was a result of a challenge that came across uh, a bang-bang play. Mm-hmm. But that's going to keep happening. And, yeah. you know, Carlos has to be his head on a swivel. And obviously, he go, he's, a, he's a tough player. He gets into those positions and he takes on defenders. But there's a, is, there's a price at that. And I hope it doesn't discourage him from continuing to do that. And I, mm-hmm. and I doubt it will. But you just, you're worried because what, it's different from 2020. The good news is what... Just optically, he looked better at the beginning of this year than when we started to see him last year. He just yeah. it looked heavy. It didn't look good. He looked pretty. He looked pretty fit. Yeah. Uh, now we have to see how this injury affects him going into this one. But I, you know, it's Carlos Vela for crying out loud. Yeah, I mean, he's not a bit player. That's that's the point. Like a lot of people tell me, like, why don't they bring him out of games more? Carlos is a smart enough player that. Yes, he does get into some heavy tackles, but he gets out of a lot of them. He also knows how to manage his body throughout the game. 
Um, so I don't think minutes is per se the problem. It's it's the kind of these tackles that happen or these fluke things that happen. So I I understand the idea, like, get him out of there. I don't want anything fluke to happen. But you and I have talked about this. If Carlos is at the game, Carlos is playing, he does not want to sit on the bench and be a bit player and get a couple minutes here or there. So I'm sure, I don't think he starts just because he's missed games. He's missed so much training. They're, they're, they kind of have a... Uh, a way in place where they like a guy to get a lot. So of- you say if he is healthy to go, and we uh, we're I, ho- we hope to hear some good news on that front. I think he's a substitute, which he won't he's, love. He's gonna he's gonna start. You think he's gonna start? If he's ready to go, he's yeah. gonna start. Look, I mean, he uh, to that point of a guy that knows how to manage himself well. They do. Bob and Carlos have that type of relationship where he tr- There's a little bit of give and take and trust there. Um, so I I w- wouldn't be surprised. I just. Knowing what I know of uh, how much full training they want guys to have under their belts before they're willing to put them out there. Again, Carlos can be an exception. Um, although, uh, I guess to that point, I'm surprised Diego Rossi played 90 minutes. Started and played 90 minutes after not playing at all to start the season. So, to your point, maybe. And different guys have stepped up there during Sifu played in that front three. Mm-hmm. Uh, we saw Mahala do it last week. It would probably be, if Carlos starts, Carlos Diego Corey Barrett, as we saw in week one, which was pretty effective. We didn't see in week one. We didn't see. I'm sorry. We didn't see. In week yeah, one. we haven't seen it yet. We haven't seen it. Haven't Wait seen a minute. It. You're no, right. I'm sorry. You're no right. No Diego Rossi. Yeah. No Diego Rossi. I forgot. Yeah. In week one. Uh, so we'll see it for the first time. Which would be nice. Yes. I mean, I, we, you and I both said we, we love watching Corey buzz around, like when he really gets going out there. And I like that he's I now, was thinking of that. I was thinking of our New England preseason games. Oh, okay. He's now, he's now got two, and he's now got some goals to his credit. So that was one of the big knocks on Corey Baird coming from RSL was like, yeah, he works a lot, high work rate. Not too bad. Yeah, he's not scoring a ton of goals. Well, he's got two and three games. Um, You know, so I I just love seeing him because he gives everything. We didn't think he was going to start that Seattle game. And by the time he came off the pitch, you could tell he was just absolutely gassed. That's a big, uh, uh, Danny came off the bench. I thought he had provided a little pop, something different. A little bit different. Something different, which is going to be good. Held the ball a little bit more, a little link up play. With Carlos and Corey and Diego, who, leave everything on the field until they could run and run. But Diego doesn't matter. He's got an endless tank. With those two guys and Carlos Vela, you know, pulling some strings, mm-hmm. that's, uh, that's what you want in MLS. Yeah. And it, it could bear some good fruit. I mean, I want to see him play because I do want to see that front line. But there's always this fantasy in my head that LAFC's taking care of business. Game's going really well. Maybe it's 2 nothing, And then Bob's like, Carlos, go in. And, and then the Galaxy have to look over and see that. Carlos Vela is something into the match. I'm not saying that that would be... It's a romantic, be... romantic view of how I would like the match to be scripted out, but I just, there's something so cool about looking to your bench and going, why don't we get Carlos in there? Vince, I'm a lot more excited about that game than I was 30 minutes ago. Good, because of conversation. Us. I yes. think it is. There's a lot on it. I think, like you said, it's there. People have to ramp up because it's early in the season and we're coming off this year unlike no other, but once it gets in there and it's under your belt, you're going to feel good. And I think this really is the start of the season. This is where we're, we're off. This was a tough stretch for the Gal- uh, for LAFC. You had that Seattle game. Houston trip is always going to be tricky here. And now they can set the table for things getting really busy. They're going to have some midweek games down the mm-hmm. road here when we get into end of May and Schedule is going to start to get heavy. It's going to get heavy. Yeah, this is, I, I think normally, what do we say? Maybe like eight to ten games in is where we start to think like, okay, who are the good teams? Who are the bad teams? We start to kind of know. The you know dust starts to settle. The the table starts to separate. Uh, fourth it's game tightly packed now. Yeah, I mean, it's tightly Seattle's packed the now. Best team, but he's like you're like okay, they still drop some points. Yeah, There's but not to a that team point, that's gone off to a perfect. To that start. point, you could see whoever comes out the victor in this, and if is a resounding victory, it's going to buoy them, as you say, going into the, that that stretch of the season where we're going to start to have midweek games, and they're going to start coming 
heavy and fast. So you want to, I believe this is a Max Bredos-ism. You want to lay a marker. Lay down a marker. Yeah. Mark it. Mark it down. Mark it Saturday night, Fox, Fox Deportes. Uh, if you're lucky enough to get to Dignity Health Sports Park, 110 Football will have pre and post yes, covering it. always. So fantastic. I think we're all ready for that. Maybe Max Bredos might make a special appearance for one of those. I think I might. Enjoy the week. Enjoy the week. Make sure you subscribe to our little podcast here. We love the support. Rate and review us as well. And we'll be back next week with a a full post game from El Trafico. Oh, you said it. I was calling it that. All right. You said it, not me. We'll leave it at that for now.